18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The gospel reading this morning is from St. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 17, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1628. Luke 18, 9 through 17. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector, also known as a publican. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all that I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. And he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. This is the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I had a children's story for you, and it's a Dr. Seuss story called Yertle the Turtle. Did any of you ever read that to a child, grandchild, or Sunday school? There's a little picture here of turtles that are stacked on top of each other, and uh, that really gets to the point of the story, but let's listen to it. In our passage today, the root theme of it is, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And the question would be, have you ever known someone who thought that they were much better than everyone else, and that they they deserved 
Maybe even they demanded special treatment. Have you ever known anyone like that? Dr. Seuss wrote a story about a turtle who was just like that. His name was Yertle. Yertle the turtle. Yertle was a ruler of a little pond on the island of Salamasand. Salamasand. All of the turtles at the pond had everything they needed and were quite happy. They were happy, that is, until Yertle decided that his kingdom was too small. And he said, I am ruler of all that I see, but I don't see enough. My throne is too low down. And that's what he complained. So Yertle lifted his hand and he gave a command. He said, He ordered the nine turtles in the pond to stand on each other's backs so that they could become his new and higher throne. And then he climbed up on the backs of the turtles and he had a wonderful view. But Yertle still wasn't satisfied. Turtles, he said, more turtles I need. And from his lofty throne, Yertle swelled with pride and the feelings of importance as his turtles from all over the pond came to climb on the stack of turtles which made up Yertle's throne. At that very moment, at the bottom of the stack was a plain and ordinary turtle named Mac. And Max struggled under the weight of all the turtles until he finally decided that he'd had enough. And that plain little turtle named Mac did a very plain little thing. He burped. And his burp shook the throne and Yertle fell right into the mud. And now the great Yertle is king of the mud. So when you think too highly of yourself, you often wind up taking a big fall. Don't you? In the lesson today, Jesus tells the story of a man who thought that he was better than everyone else. And in the story that Jesus told, the two men went to the temple to pray. They went up to the temple to pray. And one of the men was a Pharisee, which is a religious group that was very strict in obeying the laws of Moses. And the Pharisee stood up and he prayed about himself and how unlike everyone he was, especially not a sinner, like the tax collector. And he went on to say, I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all my income. Ooh-wee. The tax collector stood at a distance in contrast and he would not even lift his eyes up to heaven as he prayed and instead he bowed his head in sorrow saying, Oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus asked the question, now which of these two prayers do you think was pleasing to God? Which of these two do you think was pleasing to God? 
The one from the Pharisee? Right? No, the one from the tax collector. And for those who exalt themselves, we know they will be humbled. And those who humble themselves, we know they will be exalted. Perhaps our prayer should be something like this that we would pray that God would help us to remain humble, that we would not think more highly of ourselves than we ought. And in all things that are of value, we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. The beginning of the gospel message this morning started with, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. In other words, he is mentioning, and I want you to remember that during the season, the season that we are in, and even last week, there was a parable that you could make the uh, observation that he told them together, probably to the same crowd. Last week was the parable of the persistent widow and the judge that neither feared God nor respected man. So in this parable that we hear today, we have a Pharisee and we remember who these guys are. They're a, they're a sect within the Jewish community. And they were quite impressed with their own piety Outwardly, they were dressed in finery, and, and they outwardly professed and showed that they, they followed Jewish Mosaic law. They acted outwardly holy, but there was someone very important who said, you are whitewashed tombs. You're white and clean on the outside, but inside you is death. Who were Pharisees that we know of? Saul of Tarsus, Paul, the apostle, right? And he was a self-described Pharisee of Pharisees. And then we have a tax collector. And, and who were the tax collectors? The tax collectors were reviled by the Jewish community. They were considered to be greedy, and they worked with the Romans, the occupiers, the, the people that were oppressing God's people. They charged taxes in excess, and they kept the difference between what was owed to Caesar, and they kept it, those gains, for themselves. Who do we know that was a tax collector? One name would be Zacchaeus, right? The little guy that climbed up the tree. But St. Matthew, who wrote the gospel of Matthew, was a tax collector. So it would seem that the thread that is woven through the lectionary in today's reading is that faith is the determining factor of who is justified in the sight of God. We read of Cain and Abel. And Cain brought in a sacrifice 
And Abel brought in a sacrifice, and we don't know why one was offered and accepted and the other one wasn't. We just know that God did not like the offer that Cain brought. But then we look to Paul, who once was the Pharisee of Pharisees, who God used quite powerfully. Paul, who tells us that faith is a gift, that no man would boast. Paul says in Hebrews 11:4, by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. He still speaks in the scripture. We still speak of Abel. Faith. Faith is a gift. It would seem that men are more concerned about being justified in the sight of other men or more concerned about being justified as they look in the mirror than they are about God. And are you and I any different? Luther said that we are simul justus et peccator, which means that a Christian is simultaneously righteous and a sinner. You are and I am righteous and a sinner. Do you believe me? Do you buy into that? It's kind of weird. It's kind of hard. The world would say, how can that be? The world would say, isn't that convenient? And to which we say, yeah, that's mercy. So here's a prayer from a very dear friend, somebody I really care for and have come to know. His name's Chad Bird. And Chad says this in a prayer that he says, it's, it's, it's his prayer that he says when he gets up. It's the prayer they say around the table. It's the prayer they say when they go to the movies. It's the prayer they say before meetings. He's praying this all the time. And I have to warn you, it could be a little offensive. He says, Lord, I believe, but I also don't believe. He says, I'm a cocktail of contradictions. I'm double-hearted, forked tongue. I'm pulled heavenward and hellward in every step that I take. I fear you, but I also fear failure. I trust you, but I also trust myself. I love you, but I also love the limelight. Lord, I am a saint and a sinner. I'm your bride and the devil's whore. Lord, I believe you. Help thou, help thou my unbelief. Did you hear yourself in there? I heard myself. 
Do you think more highly of your steadfastness than you ought to? Did you or are you bothered by what I just read? Saint and sinner at the same time. But here's what we know. Here's what we know. We know God, who is almighty, who is everlasting. We know God is ready to hear our prayers. And not only ready to hear our prayers, he longs to hear your prayers. The the words from his children. And not only does he long to hear it, he's not going, oh gosh, what now, Ken? No, he leans in. He leans in because he loves you and he loves me. We are his chosen. And in our petition, we pour out and ask him, rather, to pour out an abundance of mercy to forgive us, to give us a clean conscience, to relieve us from fear, to give us good things that we're not worthy to ask for. We ask We're not worthy except for the merits of his son, the mediation of his son, what his son did for us on that cross. How else does God meet us and give us what we need to take that fear away, to give us that booster shot that we need, that inoculation from the fear and the evil that the world pulls us from, from being saint and the world is pulling us to be sinner, double-minded, or many different minds going on. What do we have? Well, here's what we have, and this is more from Chad Bird. We get, are you listening? We get more sanctification at the Lord's Supper than we would from a lifetime of moral striving. Holiness is a gift, my dear sisters and brothers. Holiness is a gift, not an achievement. And so I would say, lighten up, proud heart. More importantly, cheer up, faint heart. Do not worry. I had somebody come and ask me recently about, uh, in the Old Testament, you have this, this idea that sins visit the children of the sinner generation by generation. You know what I'm talking about. You heard that before, and people go, wow. And um, does that calamity, did I do that? Is God doing what he's doing to me because he's mad to me? And so here's the thing I need to tell you, no. No, he doesn't work that way. In your baptism, you were clothed in Christ. In your baptism, you were given that faith. In your baptism, you were assured of, of salvation and eternal life. You were rescued from sin and damnation, you now experience what we call, and you've heard me define it, Christian freedom. What is that? Freedom to sin as much as I want? No. No. Freedom from God's wrath. Righteous wrath. God is righteous. And for those who have not repented and been baptized, that wrath is coming. But what happens, pastor, I'm a Christian, I've been baptized, I believe, but then help me in my unbelief. What do I do? Help. 
Well, I got to tell you something because I, you know, I, I liked it simple, simple little message, simple little understanding. So let's try this. There's two little children, one little boy and one little girl. And the little girl and little boy, they're like one and a half to two and a half, okay? And they're talking to each other. But you, as you're going to pretend you're the parent, okay? And you're listening to them. And, 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 and the little girl says, you know, this whole walking thing, I just don't get it. I mean, I try. But I take some steps and I land on my bottom, I'm never going to get it. And the little boy says, you think you got problems? I can walk, but man, this whole plumbing thing, it just isn't, ah, I'll never get it. And as a parent, or as an aunt, or as a dear friend, or whoever, you would say to these little ones, oh, you guys, I know it seems really hard right now. I know it doesn't make a lot of sense. It seems hopeless, but I'm telling you, there will come a time when it'll all be okay and you won't worry about this. And it's the same way as we get older. If God is calling out to us in Scripture, He's calling out to us in our baptism, in the Holy Sacrament, child, don't be faint of heart. I have given you faith. I have given you sanctification. You are justified in what my son did. He would say to you, older child, don't worry. It's going to be okay. The irony is, is that as we get older, we have trouble walking. And the plumbing doesn't work like it used to, does it? Isn't that irony? Thanks, Daddy. But you know what? It's like a circle, I would imagine. And the bottom line is, is that he's got you covered, that it's going to be okay. Even though that evil is going to try and intrude into the lives of all of us through sin, and it's just what Satan does, we can have faith that God has overcome death and that his mercy outlasts any anguish or anticipation, fear of death that we might have. He's got it covered. And you as saints need not eternally despair over agony of sin, of things done or things left undone. I forgot to wear red today. Oh, no. Right? He's got you covered. That blood covered you from all sin, past, present, and future. You are his. You are named. You are his beloved. And he declares you and all who believe, all who are undeserving, to be justified in the name of Jesus. Amen.